Let's get ready to get into the Word here this morning. Um, We want to start in uh, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, for this time we have together now to, to hear from you, to read from the Word of God. We're thankful because you are faithful to always say the right thing to us at the right time. <laughs> Lord, you're always there to instruct and teach and even correct and help us to get back on track, to be reminded of those things that we need to know to walk in your fullness, to walk in all that you have planned for us. Thank you now for revelation and understanding of truth that makes us free in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Romans chapter 1, let's read beginning in verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Say that out loud with me, the last phrase there. The just shall live by faith. Say it again. The just shall live by faith. Now go to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That language, the just shall live by faith, is something you'll see in multiple places in the New Testament. It's quoted from the Old Whenever I see something mentioned multiple times, it seems to take on greater importance in my life. I, 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 I seem to um, have this idea that it must be essential, otherwise it wouldn't be quoted multiple times. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, this is a different way of saying the same principle, not the same verse. Verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Say that out loud with me. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Say it again. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Is that a good word? Well, I've been praying uh, for some time concerning uh, the direction that we should go in our services the next um, number of weeks. And there's been a couple things that I've really... uh, feel like we're, we're going to do and, and say, uh, but this is the direction that is right for now. I got settled in that, and that is I want to talk to you about living by faith. Anybody want to know anything about living by faith? <laughs> and uh, I know in, in my life, I began to learn how to live by faith about, uh, you know, 25 years ago, and I don't mean I got saved 25 years ago, because I found there's a difference in being a believer being saved, being a Christian, and actually living the faith life, okay? And some of you have noticed that that, that, that change as well, um, that, that, that there's a difference. But the Scripture here tells us that the just shall live by faith. In other words, this is a prescription as to how justified people, righteous, saved people ought to live, okay? If I've been washed and cleansed in Jesus' blood, this is the direction for my life. I'm supposed to live by faith now. And when I began to learn this, I mean, at the beginning of this, it was dramatic. 
dramatic shifts and changes in my life as some of you will experience over the next few weeks you'll find yourself taking a sharp turn to the right (laughs) you know what I'm talking about you'll be making a major correction others you've already seen these principles at work in your life and man has it made a difference I'm just a different person today than I would be if I didn't know what I'm about to teach you and what I'm going to over the next few I'm a different person than I would be I'm much nicer (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I'm tempted to expound but <laughs> but living by faith will produce some uh, tremendous things in your life that, that don't come any other way and I'm still in the process of this I'm still learning this but it, it's a good way to live now it's not always e- the easiest way on the flesh your flesh will be challenged in this message, and it is, um, you know, it's not for the faint of heart to live a life of faith. It's really not. Your flesh wants to live by sight, as we see in this scripture. Your flesh wants to do what it, you know, act on and yield to everything it sees and feels, and it takes a greater commitment and a higher life for someone to begin to walk in the principles of God called faith. All right. Let's take a look at uh, this verse in uh, in another another uh, translation, the NIV says, "For we live by faith, not by sight." The New Living says, "For we live by believing, not by seeing." We live by believing, not by seeing. You see the contrast there. Living by what we see, or whether by what we believe, it's two entitled, entirely different ways of life. And and watch this. It literally affects every part of our life. When you and I learn to live by faith, it's not something we treat as an event or as a wave, you know, a a faith move or just an event or some type of um, happening. No, it becomes a way of life and it must be. I don't just go to prayer and if I'm going to pray about something, I need my faith jacket, (laughs) You know, I got to get my faith on so I can pray. No, 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 no. And then, you know, and then I take it off and go back to the rest of my life. And then I come to church. Well, we're got to get, get get faith on here again. No, it's something we sleep with. It's something we wake with and work with and live with and eat with, and it's it's a way of life. I know years ago people used to uh, there used to be a lot of teaching on the armor of God from Ephesians 6. And uh, I know certain uh, Bible teachers that would, um, and I've had some of those lists before, they would tell you, every morning before you, your foot hits the ground, put your armor on. You know, I don't know if any of you have ever heard that. You know, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, sword of the Spirit, get all these things. Put your armor on. And then someone else came along and said, uh, I didn't take it off before I went to bed. <laughs> And I, I got to put it on. I, I'm still wearing it. Well, you know, both sides have good intentions in what they're trying to say. But there is an element when it comes to our faith life. It's not something we put on and off. It's something we learn to live in, and it is a protection. It is a help. Uh, there, there are so many um, attributes of this faith life that we want and we need in our lives. And you know what? The plan of God for your life is good. God's laid it out. He's got something special. But it has built inside of it the the necessity of a faith life. 
In, in other words, God's plan for me is not one of fleshly living. If I want His provision, His power, all that He has promised, everything in my life, there is a necessity for me at various stages, I'm going to have to step out into something that I can't see. I'm going to have to say things that make no logical sense to my brain. That's a, what I mean by that as in physical evidence of what I'm saying. That is a necessity. And if I don't learn how to navigate by faith through the many obstacles and the challenges of life, I will not fulfill the will of God. I will not enter into the fullness of His blessing even though it's been purchased for me. It's been freely given by grace. I must access it by faith. And that means I cannot live by what I see. That's easy. I mean, there'll be challenges that will knock you out. But it's easy in the, in the sense of the flesh. But to live a life of faith, again, is, uh, can be a challenging thing. Uh, but it's worth it. Great rewards, both here and in the life to come, that come from living that life. A great man of faith many years ago named Smith Wigglesworth said that if you wait to get faith until you need it, you're too late. If you wait to get faith until you need it, you're too late. And unfortunately, that's the way many of us approach many things in life, don't we? Uh, I mean, I've done it before. You've probably done it before. Is you've let your life go in some area until you were forced. I mean, it's like, you, you know, people spend and spend and spend until they come take it all away. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Or eat and eat and eat until the doctor says, dude, you're going to die unless you change the way you eat, right? And then people change. <laughs> but until then, we were good. Listen, when it comes to the life of faith, this is something we all need. Everyone needs to have, you either are in or something is going to be coming in your life where you will need faith to overcome it. You absolutely will. And if I wait until the challenge comes or, um, you know, an opportunity to stretch and believe comes to prepare my heart, I'm too late. And that's why often people, they, they wait until that crisis and then they're scrambling to try to find someone who believes. Someone who will believe God. Someone who believes in miracles. Someone who believes in healing. Someone who believes that God will answer our prayer when we cry. And they'll find that person and say, help, pray. And many times that's some of us, isn't it? And we're willing. We're there. God is merciful. We'll pray for them. We'll believe God with them. We'll help them get over the hump. But wouldn't it be better? And if that's you today, we're here for you. But wouldn't it be better to be able to be strong before the challenge comes? To be able to be built up and say in the face of whatever comes your way, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. I believe things are turning around. My future is bright and things are changing. Come on now. That's the possibility of every one of us if we do what's necessary to find out what God has said before. Beforehand, we get these things settled. Amen. Amen. God, God, God wants us to, to, to walk in these areas. And I know even at our church, you know, we, we have, and this is not any, it's all bragging on Jesus. If you take it any other way, that's not the way it's intended. But we see healings all the time. 
We see people's prayers answered all the time. It's a regular occurrence, and it's only going to increase more and more. But it's not uncommon for people to come from other circles, and we love them. God bless them. They're our brothers and sisters in the Lord. But when they have a crisis, they'll come to a place like ours. And this, I hope this doesn't sound self-serving because we can do nothing of ourselves. I know that. And it's only by, by God's grace that we know anything that we know. But people come when their uh, back's against the wall and their physical health is on the line because they want to find someone who will believe God, and we will. But let's not live our lives that way where we're always going to be perpetually dependent upon someone else praying for us. Come on, let's get, let's get to the place where we can do our own praying. Huh? And then we'll be praying for someone else. But get to the place where you can believe God for yourself. If there needs to be a connection between you and heaven and God's you know, power and resources, you know how to make it. Yeah, it's nice when you can do it yourself. You don't have to call the plumber. <laughs> you know, just to use the plunger. <laughs> Amen. If there, if there are things in our lives that we need on a perpetual basis, an ongoing basis, whether it's the plunger or, or something else, that's usually when you go ahead and get that thing. It, it's kind of like if I need a tool, and I'm going to use that tool once every five years, before I buy it, I'm going to try to borrow it <laughs> or rent it, you know, uh, or something of that nature, because I don't want to spend the money. It's just going to sit around, and I'm going to lose it before I need it again, right? Uh, or or if, if you were to go to a foreign country, and let's say you were going to go to the foreign country, and you're going to be there for a week or two. Well, you probably wouldn't learn the language, would you? I mean, that's too much work. <laughs> Unless you're just a brilliant person, you can just pick them up. But you'll probably learn, you know, hi. My name is, uh, where's the bathroom, <laughs> you know, thank you. You'll learn a few phrases to get around and feel like you're kind of talking the lingo and, uh, you know. But you're not going to learn the language unless you're going to go there for years or something. Um, when it comes to the life of faith, I kind of see it that way. This is not something that we're doing now and then. The life of faith is not something we enter into and back off or just, just take a trip. It's not an event or a wave like we said. And uh, it's something that is supposed to be a way of life. The just shall live by faith. Therefore, it is absolutely worth it for us to get established, for us to get built up and settled in these regards. It's like, again, if I were moving to Italy and I knew I'm going to be there for 10 years, I'm learning Italian. Right? Listen, you're going to be a person that needs to live by faith forever. Forever. It would be well worth taking a class, <laughs> going through the course. We're doing that here today. You're in, you're in, you're in class, all right? And we are going to knock some things down. I don't mean we're going to exhaust the subject, but we're going to get some things started and, uh, and, and get us ourselves built up in this area because we're, we're going to need it. We need it already. Because this is how God intended for us to live. So what is living by sight? If we're going to live by faith and not by sight, you can see they're contrasting. That immediately tells me about something about faith, that it is not related to what I see. 
if I live by faith, then I'm going to have an opportunity to live contrary to what my physical senses are telling me. They're telling me one thing, but God's Word is telling me something else. If it were always whatever God said I could see with my physical eye, I wouldn't need faith. But because that's not the case, I've got to enter into these things by believing what I don't see. And so uh, living by sight simply has to do with living by the limitations of the seen realm. It's making what is perceived by the physical senses the final word in all matters of life. And often this is very hopeless because many times the physical realm, the physical world does not supply an answer. It does not give us the answers to the things that we need. Living by faith and is living with an awareness and an involvement in the realities of the unseen realm. Let me give you this verse. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, but, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So the natural side, the natural man wants to live a certain way, but it's not by faith. But the spiritual man is able to move beyond the limitations of the physical world, beyond the physical senses, and tap into the potential of the unseen realm. Tap into the potential of of the, the realm where God is and all His resources and revelation and wisdom and light. It's a wonderful thing. And you and I do have the ability. We're called of God to do it, to take the hand of faith and to reach in to the realm of the Spirit and pull things out into this physical world. Yeah, I've learned how to do that. Oh, I'm still learning, but it's good. I can get something out of the Spirit and pull it into this realm. It almost sounds like a Hollywood movie, but this is the Word of God. And this is not mystic. It's not, not weird. It's not, no, it's something that God has given us the ability to do. You, anyone who's saved has done that. Yeah, you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and you pulled spiritual salvation out of that realm into the reality of your life. And now you're different forever. It's powerful. Let's look at, uh, in the word, at 2 Kings today. 2 Kings chapter 6. This is something that is essential for us. If I am going to live a faith life, I must live with an awareness and a consciousness of spiritual reality. I must be aware at all times that what I see and what I feel are not the full extent of what exists. Now, most of us will accept this, you know, this position from a principled or theological standpoint, but to live aware, to know every single day that what I see is not all there is, that what we see in this place here today is not all that's happening. There is spiritual activity all around us right now. Whether you see it or perceive it in any kind of way, it is there. And knowing that, even if you don't know the details of it, you know, okay, where's the angels? Where's <laughs> Even if you don't know the details of it, the um, beginning of this is the acknowledgement that it's there. It's a very limited person, very small-minded person that believes that only what they can see and perceive with the physical senses is all that there is. It's really a lame way to live. 
and it's intellectually dishonest to even say, well, if I can't figure it out, it's not there. I mean, you even look at human history, constantly discovering things that before thought were impossible or thought were not there, and all of a sudden, new discoveries. So just the very principle of the matter, uh, 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 an intellectual person would have to say, yeah, that's possible. Let's look over here. In, in the sixth chapter of Second Kings, let me set this up real quick. Uh, Syria, king of Syria, was attacking Israel, sending raids and, uh, and stuff into Israel. And he was finding a lot of trouble because when he would send his army one place, they'd be waiting for him. <laughs> Israel's army would be all, it's like they all, they knew his battle plans ahead of time. And so he was not having much success. And when he gathered his group together, he got his cabinet together, he said, which one of you guys is betraying me? Who in here? Would someone tell me who in here is for them and not for us? And one of them spoke up. They said, no one. They said, there's no, there's no traitor here. He said, they have a prophet over there. They got a prophet in Israel. And he keeps telling their king what you say in your bedroom. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a major bummer, isn't it? I mean, it's, they didn't have wiretaps and all this kind of stuff going where they could eliminate the problem. I mean, it's God messing you up. <laughs> if God's messing you up, you're messed up. <laughs> and so he said, well, where is this guy? Where is Elisha, this prophet? And they told him where, and he said, let's go get him. And uh, let's read. Verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master. How many have said that lately? <laughs> Alas. <laughs> I wonder sometimes why they call this the New King James Bible. Alas. Anyway, I just can't move on without commenting on that. <laughs> now I lost my place. There we go. He said, he said what shall we do? So he answered and said, he, he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the, then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now, notice what happened here. The horses and chariots of fire were obviously in the spirit realm. They were angelic hosts of horses and chariots. And notice what happened. Elisha didn't say, Lord, we're in trouble here. And my servant has recognized that. I know it's going to be all right, but for his sake, would you send your angelic hosts to take care of us and protect us in this situation. Is that what he said? No, no. He, when he prayed, nothing changed in the spirit realm. It all remained exactly as it was before he prayed. All he prayed was, Lord, open his eyes to see. And he spiritually was able to then, the Lord allowed him to see in the realm of the spirit. And wow. Wow. There was much more happening there than they realized. 
there was much more going on than they were aware of, than the servant was aware of. Elisha was already aware of it. He doesn't say, I don't know if that was just by faith or the Lord revealed it or if he actually saw them as well. But how many times is there a lot more happening in the Spirit than we realize? I'm tending to think like, "Mm, all the time. There's always more going on. And so we have to take from a positional standpoint to live the life of faith, it begins with the acknowledgement and the participation in things beyond our sight, things beyond the sense realm, allowing ourselves to think that way, to talk to the Lord about it, to realize, thank you, Lord, there's things going on here. Say, I just need to see it. No, you don't. Seeing could be a nice perk now and then, but no, you don't. We just need to believe it because we walk by faith and not by sight. That's never going to be the norm for us where the body of Christ is just going to get to a place where every time, you know, we wake up, we see angels. Every time we go to do anything, we're just going to see it all and it's going to be supernatural visions. No, that's never going to be the norm. Because then we would not be walking by faith. And so what we've experienced is going to be the way things continue. And so we might as well giddy up and learn Italian. (laughs) Right? Let's learn how to do this thing. Because the Christian life does not work living by sight. It doesn't. Just like we receive the Lord by faith and are saved, everything else works the same way. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's see this a little bit more. You and I must be aware of and in connection with the unseen realm. If you're only aware of your physical environment, you're small, you're limited, your potential is not much. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18 says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Think about that for a moment. We do not look at what we can see, but we look at what we can't see. Isn't that kind of an impossibility? How am I supposed to look at what I can't see? Physically speaking, that doesn't make any sense. Physically speaking, that's impossible. I can't look at what I can't see. I don't even know where to look because I can't see it. Yet we're instructed in Scripture, look at what you can't see. I want you to stare at invisible stuff. Yeah, Stop looking at what you can see. Start looking at what you can't see. That again brings an awareness to me Okay, there must be stuff out there, must be stuff around me, must be stuff that is in existence, and that's true because, listen, we're spirit beings. We all are living in two realms at once. I'm a spirit, and I have a body, so I'm living in the spiritual realm, and I'm living in the physical realm. The small-minded person, the limited in their experience, they only relate to physical things, but some have realized there's more. There are things beyond this. Now listen, there are those outside of God's kingdom that are aware of this. 
There are people that are not saved. They don't have a relationship with God that are operating in the spirit realm into their own harm and to the harm of others. But far be it from us as children of God. We have the revelation of God's word and his promises. Far be it from us to just live natural lives, to think whatever I can figure out, that is the full scope of the potential of my life, what I can see and feel. Not true. Start looking at invisible stuff. How do I do that? I look by faith. I start seeing things by faith. I'm not talking about being weird. Are you seeing things? I'm talking about I am acknowledging the reality of what's true. I'm acknowledging the reality of what's there. Look at the last part. He said, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Everything you see, man, it is short-lived. It is temporary. And here's the good news. It can change. When I learn how to access the unseen realm, I can change the seen realm. Or I can just kind of go with the flow, be moved up, moved along by life, be pushed through life, and I just have to accept whatever happens to me. Or I can be a change agent in the earth today, living by faith. You see, knowing the realities of the unseen realm, we are to live accordingly, both believing and acting on its realities. Knowing what is here, have a, having a conviction based upon hearing will cause us to live differently. But many Christians have inadvertently slipped into a natural sight-led life because they lack consciousness of the unseen realm. See, faith is perceiving what is true reality in the spirit realm, and basically it's speaking those things forth to bring them into the physical realm. We have to, by faith, know what's there. Not, not wonder what's there. Know what's there. There to some degree and in various elements, and we'll get into this later, but you have to know specifically what's available, what exists in the spirit realm, so you can call it out, call it into your life. If this is new, hold on, we're going to explain some of these principles later. But you know what's there, even though you can't see it. You know what's there, even though you can't feel it. And you call it out of that realm into your life, or into the physical world. That's the potential of a, of a, of a believer of a, a faith person. It's getting fun, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not boring, I'll tell you that. Never boring living by faith. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And so, here's the deal. Faith does not deny physical existence. Living a life of faith... That, doesn't mean that we see things and we see maybe bad things happening and we just want to turn our head and say, no, it's not there, it's not there. I don't accept this. I, you know, I don't hear. We, we just want to act like, you know, these things aren't really happening. That's not faith. That's just a person being foolish. All right. But what we're doing is we are acknowledging both the physical, what is, and we're acknowledging the spiritual what God has said, what God has provided. And we know that when we put faith in this, it will supersede the physical. When I believe in what God has said, everything in the natural world is subject to it. Oh, yeah. And so it, it always trumps the physical realm. And that's why uh, this is a very real way to live. I don't want to be around a person who's kind of, you know, faith in it, <laughs> faking it. 
and they just seem unrelatable. They act like nothing's there. They act like, you know, any natural thing is not real. No, I acknowledge it's real, but that's why I'm applying the spiritual principles of God's Word to overcome it. Let's go over to Hebrews 6. Can you handle a little bit more? We're just getting started today. I'm not going to keep you all day. Hebrews chapter 11. Did I tell you that? In the spirit, I said 11. (laughs) I override your six with my 11. (laughs) Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him, Him being God. Notice the absolute language of that statement. He didn't say, without faith, you're going to have a tough time with God. You're going to have a really difficult challenge ahead of you trying to please God without faith. Is that what He said? No. He said, man, it's impossible. He said, you get zero. You get nowhere. You get nowhere with God without faith. He's not happy with anything. I mean, that's an amazing thought to me to think, I can't do anything in my life with the absence of faith and God's happy with it. Well, certainly, be, would he be happy if I gave a big offering, wouldn't he? Not if you didn't do it by faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. So I've got to get this thing down. I've got to know what he means by that. I've got to understand what faith is so that I can please him. And he went on to explain. He said, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so he gives us some insight there as to what we are to, to believe about him. I mean, no, it's not just about what, that we believe in God. It's what do we believe in God. It's not even a matter, watch, it's not even a matter of what, of whether or not we believe. It's a matter of what we believe. Everybody believes. Everybody believes something. Everyone who's not here today, they believe something. Everyone in, the, in this place today, you believe something. Your believer is working. It's fully functional. Oh, yeah. But the question is, what do you believe? And I've got to get my believer working correctly in, in the sense of believing the right thing. Because it's always going to be believing something. You believe believe something about what I'm teaching right now. You believe something about the Word of God. You believe something about maybe circumstances happening in your life right now. You believe something about it. It's not a matter of whether you believe. It's what do you base your believing on? What's the foundation? Why do you believe that? And we'll come back to some of those things a little bit later uh, in the month. But it's impossible to please Him without faith. Now listen, all of the promises and blessings of God are received by faith. If I don't operate this way, I am just not able to access what God has freely given to me. It's not a matter of God saying no. It's not a matter of God denying me. If I don't learn to 
receive by faith. I just simply don't have the hand to grab onto something. Someone said, well, I just kind of, you know, I'm having a hard time believing. Well, can I be straight with you? You're going to have a hard time then. If you have a hard time believing, there's not an alternate route. There's not a frontage road to get you to the same place. There is only one way to access God, all of His provision, all of His life and blessings, and that is by believing. It's the kind of God He is. It's the kind of God we serve. There's only one way. If I'm having trouble believing, I need to put all of my energy, all my focus on getting my believing right. So I believe the right thing. You say, well, is it, can't you just pray for me? <laughs> There'll be times when other people's believing can help you, can assist you, but ultimately, learn how to do your own praying. <laughs> you know, ultimately, let's get this thing established in our own life, in our own heart, because it's the only way that we can personally, ongoing, please God. Amen. And so, uh, again, Everything of God is received by faith. Many people today, they, the way they live, the way they talk, people are even taught concerning prayer and those type of things that you pray and ask God and then you see if He does it. You what? You pray and you see? But how many believers live that way? Their prayer life, that's what it exists with. They pray and look. I'm going to pray... Ask God for something and then see if He did it. That is not the way we find, that's not the way we receive from God. That's, in fact, you know what? That's exactly opposite. I mean, that's, well, it's 100% wrong. It's not like part wrong, it's, it's completely wrong. We don't pray and see, we pray and see God's Word. We see what He has said. Amen. It's called the believing prayer that gets a response. Now, I know sometimes this runs into the face of religious teaching, and that's all right. The natural man, again, wants to put the responsibility of everything in their life on God. If something good happens, thank God. If something bad happens, well, I guess it was a part of his plan. And what that kind of thinking does is it removes the responsibility on our part of believing anything. Some want to, they want to act like, basically, I can believe whatever I want, whether it's right or wrong, and, well, God's will is still going to happen. So you're saying that what I believe is totally irrelevant? I can just believe the moon is made of cheese and... <laughs> You know, I can just believe all kinds of funky stuff and it doesn't matter? See, that's completely con contradicting to the Word of God and what Jesus taught. You know, remember when Jesus would go up to people and He'd say, Be it unto you according to God's will. Did you ever read Him saying that to people? Be it unto you according to God's plan. People say that all the time today, though. Oh, God's will is going to happen. No, it's not. His will is contingent upon us believing, of us knowing and believing His will. Jesus continually said to people, be it unto you according to your faith. What you believe is going to direct the course of your life. If you believe incorrectly, 
that's going to hurt. It's hurt me before believing wrong stuff. But if we believe correctly about things, that's when we're accessing the potential of the realm of the Spirit and what God has provided for us. I want to get my believing straight. Get my believing right. Okay, I must make God right. I must make His Word true in every area and circumstance of my life. No matter what I see and what I feel even today, I've got to have this commitment. Lord, You are right. I'm I'm making You true. Let every man be a liar and let God be true. Let His Word become to pass in my life. I'm staying with what thus saith the Lord and I'm not going to live my life by what thus saith anybody else. Jesus told, uh, he said in John 11, I don't know if you know the story about Lazarus, who, his friend Lazarus who died. He said in, over there in verse uh, 40, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Notice the, the language there and the order. If, he said, didn't I tell you if you would believe, you would see If you would believe, you would see. So are we talking about we're not going to see anything? No. Expecting to see lots of stuff. Lots of good things. We are going to see lots of good stuff. But we've got to have the order right. Believe, and then you see it. Believe it, and then you see it. Whereas too many times we want to live the other way around. Jesus didn't say to her, listen, I tell you what, as soon as you see what I'm about to do, as soon as you see Brother Laz come out of the tomb, <laughs> uh, you're going to have faith. You're going to believe. Jesus never taught that. That's totally incorrect. Well, if I just see this, I'm going to believe. Baloney. Not going to happen. But he said, if you'll believe, you'll see the glory of God. I don't know about you. <laughs> I like the idea of seeing the glory of God. He told her that, and then Lazarus came out of the grave person was resurrected as a result of believing in God. Oh, that excites me. What's the potential of your life? God. And He's limitless. What do you believe? That's the question. What do I believe? What do I believe about what God's doing in me? What do I believe about what He said to me? What do I believe is going to happen? In closing here, understand this base principle. There is no society on earth that lives without faith. That exists without faith. There is no family that exists. There is no country that exists. I'm talking about even people who are outside of the kingdom of God. On a lower level, faith is necessary to make everything work. And it's astonishing to me to see sometimes people will challenge faith and act like you're just a a lame imbecile or something to talk about faith, you know, setting aside reason and, and, and these type of things. That... That's just not very intelligent. The farmer never, never plants his seed without faith. He can't see that. You don't eat somebody else's food without faith. Huh? How do you know they didn't poison it? You are operating to a, on a low level. You're operating in a degree of faith just by carrying on your life. Amen. You, you can't go to sleep at night with peace without faith. It's, you know, that someone else you live with is not going to come hit you with a hammer. As soon as you doze off, oh! 
right? We li- faith is necessary to make all relationships work. You don't have a relationship with somebody else without a degree of faith working there. The more faith, the better. Likewise, our walk with God, our relationship with Him does not exist without us trusting Him, without us having faith in what He has said, what He's promised, who, that, who He is, and uh, amen. <laughs> so this exists in all of our lives. It exists in all of our society. But we're wanting to take it up to the next level and live beyond just a natural life, access the very resources of God and of heaven, and oh, thank you, Lord, oh, happy day, (laughs) because we're accessing all that He has promised. Amen? Amen. Let's take a moment and pray. Let's have nobody moving around here here in the next few minutes. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for what you're doing in us now. We believe that you're at work. We believe that you're empowering and equipping and enabling us to understand and to see the potential of what you've called us to. Lord, the reality of the realm of the Spirit, the unseen realm, how it's there for us to access and to receive all of what you have promised and provided. Thank you, Lord, for doing a good work in us, helping us and granting us the ability to see, to know, to walk in the fullness of your plan. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we and we just do. We just access the very resources of heaven, all your promises and all your provision. Thank you, Lord.